0: We hear questions like these all the time. Can TSR Injury Law help me if I'm hurt at work? Yeah. How about if I was hit by a truck? Yes. It's simple. If you've been injured, it's TSR time. Call us today for a free consultation at 612-TSR-TIME. It's the Go Gopher podcast with Mike Grimm, episode number seven. I am Mike Grimm, voice of the Golden Gophers, and welcome back to the podcast. I'm pumped up about today's guest. We have one of the most entertaining guys to ever be associated with gopher athletics. The legendary Polish Eagle, Dick Jankowski is my guest, and he'll join me shortly and we'll have some fun. The longtime public address announcer at Williams Arena and Siebert Field, he's also well known for his raucous and comedic role as MC at banquets all over the Midwest. Dick has had some recent health struggles. He'll give us an update on that in a moment. Our Go for podcast is presented by our great friends at Sunbelt Business Advisors and True North Mergers and Acquisitions. If you're a business founder planning to exit your business, start by contacting Sunbelt Business Advisors and True North Mergers and Acquisitions. Sunbelt serves more businesses up to $5 million in revenue than anyone. And True North m a serves companies with revenues up to $150 million. Get a confidential, no-cost, no-obligation business valuation started today. Make the most of your life's work. Visit sunbeltminnesota.com or tnma.com. Our thanks to Sunbelt Business Advisors and True North Mergers and Acquisitions as they support our podcast and our longtime supporters of Gopher Athletics. Our podcast is also sponsored by State Farm Agent Tony Hoagland at ChamplinInsurance.com. As always, our thanks to Tony, a big-time Gopher fan. We invite you to subscribe as well to the podcast. You can also go back and listen to the Go Gopher podcast from weeks gone by. Last week, for example, we had the all-time winningest baseball coach in Big Ten history, the legendary John Anderson on the podcast. It's absolutely free. You can subscribe at any time and you can listen for free at any time. This week, it's the Polish Eagle, Dick Jankowski. He'll join me when we come back. Hey, Gopher fans, this is your State Farm agent, Tony Hoagland. We are super excited to be part of the new Mike Grimm Show on Talk North. For the year of 2022, we will be donating $10 to the University of Minnesota Children's Masonics Hospital for everyone that calls our office or checks in with us online and mentions that they heard about us on Talk North and the Mike Grimm Show. We are really excited again that Mike came on board with Talk North. You can reach us at 763-421-4900. You can find us on the web at champlininsurance.com. Again, 763-421-4900, or find us on the web at champlininsurance.com. Roll the boat. Sky UMA, go Gophers. It's our pleasure to welcome to our Go Gopher podcast the Polish Eagle himself, Dick Johnkowski joins us. And uh, Dick, great to have you on the podcast. My thanks for uh, you spending some time with us here.
1: Hey, what a pleasure! I I, I never turn you down. You know that, and plus <laughs> I, I look for the opportunity all the time to talk about the Go for Athletics and all the other things I've
0: done. Yeah, you have uh, certainly uh, been a piece of Gopher history, that is for sure, and and we'll definitely uh, look forward here as we uh, use this podcast to uh, to uh, dive into some of the great memories you've had over the years. Um, but hey, first things first, I want to ask you, I know I think people uh, remember that uh, you had been diagnosed with cancer a, a couple of years ago, and want to get an update uh, on on how everything is going health-wise, because it's, it's my understanding, as you and I were chatting, uh, that you've had a little bit of a battle here with both uh, the cancer and then the COVID here. What uh, Tell yeah. us a little bit about how things are going with you.
1: You're absolutely right. And, you know, that first cancer, you remember, was in 2014 when I was still announcing for the Gophers, and uh, not only did the cancer come, but diabetes came about the same time. So I had a heck of a time and uh, spent a, well, a week in the hospital at uh, because of the fact that it was, when they discovered it, it was stage four. So I was actually lucky probably to to live through that but uh, luckily it did work and I had eight chemos and that actually dissolved that particular one. So I did you know, I was doing pretty well until last year at uh, Christmas time just before Christmas the uh, cancer came back actually right after Thanksgiving. The cancer came back and checked up and all I had so I had to go through some more chemo went through eight I uh, know this this time it was six. Six chemo's, and at at the time, at this time, I'm cancer-free. But then all of a sudden, what happens? I end up getting uh, that wonderful disease that we're all talking about. Yeah, you you know that. it's Just unbelievable. And uh, so I I had to go to the hospital for that. Was in the hospital, a couple of different hospitals for about uh, a month's time, at least, and uh, even maybe a little bit longer with some of the other stuff that I went through. Because I was at home for a while before I went to the hospital, so it's really it's crazy. I'm, uh, right now, I'm, we're staying thankfully at my son and daughter-in-law's house because of the fact that well, I can't really do a lot of things at my home as far as lifting and getting in and out of bed and all that type of thing. So it's really, it's really, godsend a godsend here that we're able to uh, able to do that. But hopefully, uh, I don't know. What else? came wrong? I hope nothing. But I uh, still plan on you know still plan on doing the the that I do that you like always oh, l- l- love to see, and um, maybe I'll have to get a driver at some of these banquets. That might be my alternative. Yeah. So um, I I know I miss I miss the atmosphere at Williams Arena. You know, guys l- like yourself and. Of course, our favorite player, our favorite gentleman from Chaska, and they all, everything else that goes on. The ushers, the ushers are very, very great. They always were. Uh, excuse me. With, to me, mm-hmm. and they, you know what I? Did, I don't know if you remember Mike, but what I would do before every game, I would go around to each wheelchair and shake hands with whoever was in the wheelchair, and it's it's amazing. I came back for a game when I was last year and I had so many people say, we really miss you. So
0: it makes you feel pretty good. Yeah, no question, no question. Dick Johnkowski with us here on our Go Go for podcast. So, um, so the good news uh, that I took out of that is that the the you you whipped cancer once and then you whipped it a second time and then this curveball of COVID came in and and did you say uh, almost a month in the hospital with that? Um, how yeah, how, how rough was that? Bad. Take us through a battle there of what you were fighting. Yeah, it was.
1: Uh, they put me in the hospital for. For a month, and they changed hospitals, and I ended up at the uh, Malastrana nursing home in New Prague before they sent me home. So it was really, uh, (coughs) excuse me, (coughs) a very unusual situation. I would say right now, uh, the pain is kind of tough from this accident on Monday, but I think they told me five or six days, and it should clear up
0: yeah and so, that 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 that's a whole other thing uh in the sense that you and your wife got in a car accident somebody yeah. uh blew a red light and ran into you guys, and so uh, you're dealing with that as well
1: yeah that's, that's very true and uh she's holding up pretty well you with that, that, that situation that she has amazing at how well she's done and then I don't know it's one of those things where you say how much how much can they uh can you get thrown on you? But that old story about uh, God would never give you more than you could handle, and uh, I think that's pretty true. But a joke I always tell that you, you've heard it. I'm sure you just that one-liner: if I, if you want to, <laughs> if you want God to laugh, tell him your plans. <laughs> you know, and people people agree with that that's very very true
0: that, that it is for sure you always uh uh you, you know the the curveballs come uh, when you least expect it sometimes and um and so you've battled through all of this and you mentioned you were uh, you're able to stay at your son jeff's house of course jeff has uh over the course of time also done some announcing at williams arena and some other places around and and so that's nice to have a support system i suppose as you're fighting through all of this stuff
1: well it really helps a lot then his uh, of course, his wife Brenda is bent over backwards to, uh, you know, take care of us, the two of us. Just amazing. I just hope that uh, I, can, I can do something. Uh, I know John Anderson called me. A big event coming up in May. He said, "Go for their honoring some." I'm not sure which teams they are, but some of the championship teams. He wanted me to be part of it, so I want to make sure uh, I make that. And I hope to get to some some games once I can get, uh, and once I'm ambulatory, I guess is the word I'm looking for, and get over there and see the Gophers both in the basketball baseball. I don't go get the football hardly ever, but uh, I sure listen. I always listen. I never miss the grim shot. I always tell you, you know, the first time you took you did a game, I don't think you remember this, and I was interviewed, and I said, well, I'll tell you, to me, it looks like a grim outlook for the Gophers this year, and one guy, the announcer, I can't remember who it was, he said, why? I said, well, take a look at the announcer, Mike Grimm. And then he caught it and he liked it.
0: That's good. You know,
1: one-liner is, you know, I always try to find something humorous no matter what it is.
0: And yeah. Uh, yeah, as it you, usually you, works out. Yeah, I was going to ask, as you have you know, fought through some of these battles, how have you kept that sense of humor? And uh, in doing so, do you think that has been a key in helping you get through some of the, the hard times here in the last uh, handful of years?
1: You know, Mike. I think you're right because I've had uh, people tell me, even nurses, because I kid with the nurses, and uh, they say you're you know what you have a pretty good attitude. That's the word they use. Yeah, I think you're right about that. I try to find something, no matter where I am, that might be a little bit humorous. You know, crazy stuff but, and uh, the one about you know any kind of a joke. That the one that I love to tell about the burglar breaks into a home, goes up to the second story. Pulls out a gun and wakes up the wife and says, what's your name? She said, my name is Betty. He said, my God, Betty. My grandmother's name is Betty. My mother's name is Betty. My wife's name is Betty. I can't harm you. So he points the gun at the guy. He said, what's your name? Well, he said, my name is Frank, but my friends call me Betty. So, you know, just (laughs) crazy crazy things. But stuff, again, that people really
0: a joy. Yeah, there's no doubt, and you've brought that, to you think about all the banquets you've done over the years, uh, particularly the baseball circuit, I know that, uh, that people appreciate that, and uh, man, we can't wait to see you get back out uh, on that banquet, and um, in fact, I was just talking uh, in recent weeks here with uh, with uh, one of the uh, high school baseball coaches, and, and your name came up because you had oftentimes hosted that Hall of Fame uh, banquet with the, with the high school coaches, and they were talking about the joke you told... <laughs> With the uh, with the bald eagle, and I, I don't remember exactly what it was about oh. the DNR officer, and 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 honestly, yeah. that I mean, it, literally, that was within the last month we uh, we got talking, and um and and we were uh, he, and and he brought up the joke you told at that banquet, I guess several years ago, which is great, right, to have people remember you for humor and uh, and and know that they miss you and can't wait to get back out on the circuit. But maybe you can share. Do you remember the joke he's talking about?
1: Yeah, I, yeah, I remember, and I, I tell it all the time because. I'll use somebody that's a hunter, that I know is a hunter in the audience. I'll say, so-and-so, you know, whoever it might be. Uh, I'll just tell just, I'll, I'll use you, for example. Sure. I'll say, uh, our good friend Mike was out hunting, and he accidentally shot a loon. And the game ward saw it, but he didn't say anything to Mike until he saw him about a week later. He said, hey, Mike, you know, I saw you shoot that loon. That's a pretty, pretty stiff find, but... What did you do with it? And you said, well, yeah, I took it home, I cooked it, and I ate it. And the keyboard said, you know, that's another fine. But I have to be honest, I've always wondered, what does a loon taste like? You said, somewhere between a trumpeter's swan and a bald eagle. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's he a good loved one. loved it. Yeah. that
1: whole audience just roared.
0: Yeah, that, that's amazing. Uh, no doubt, even the kids. For yeah. sure, right? I mean that that that's the beauty of uh, of. And then what I like, Dick, too, is when you're when you're emceeing or hosting or just when you uh, are in a group of people. We always got a kick when you were in the media room and we'd be having our pregame meal at at the barn and 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 you'd uh, be holding court. And and what I like is the entertainment value. The jokes are awesome, but I like that you laugh. Uh, you know, I mean yeah. that that's the beauty uh, that that you. You're enjoying it, and that—that's great.
1: You know, I learned that from Red Skelton. You know, and that's a long time ago. I was at the state fair, and I appeared briefly with Red Skelton, and we just hit it off for some reason. We talked and visited. I told him what I did part time as an MC and so forth. He said, "I'll tell you what. After the show, come to my trailer." Holy crap! I so saw after the show. He said, "Bring your wife." So I took brought Arlene into the trailer. He, said, I got that cigar. To Don Tomas, but he never smoked it. He just chewed it, and uh, we're talking back and forth. And he says, "Dick, I'll tell you what. Here are some real, real great things I can tell you. One, if you ever notice, I start laughing just before I give the give the punchline." He said, "It works all the time." And he said, the "Other other things you can do, uh, just just short little things that people don't even probably notice that you're doing it." But I told, I honestly tell you. That laughing, you—you you probably notice it. Whenever I t- give a tell a joke, just before the punchline, I let out a couple of giggles.
0: And it really works. It's amazing how it works. Absolutely, it it, uh, it does, and it, it's always fun. The um, uh, one of the other uh, times I can recall um, is when uh, this was when Tubby Smith was the head coach, and he had his coaches shows at a restaurant um, that I used to go host uh, out at um, in St. Louis Park. And one time, I think the Golden Dunkers had an event prior to that, and they invited you out to talk, and you got going so good that Tubby Tubby Smith had to get a handkerchief out because he was laughing so hard the tears were running down his face, down yeah. his cheeks um, and you were on an absolute <laughs> roll do you remember that night out in St. You Louis know, I, Park? I really do Yeah,
1: wasn't it um, it. Well, it wasn't Fridays was it? I
0: uh no let's see I can't I think it okay. might have been the old majors uh sports that old, they've closed old majors. since I think it was majors back in the day yeah major okay. sports bar or something they they hosted the tubby show for a couple of years and uh and and the dunkers invited you out uh for for a little pre-coaches show event so you did you held court and then we did the radio show after that but man Tubby was laughing so hard he had tears <laughs> running down his cheeks you were going it was you went on this uh, tangent of uh, you were teasing Arlene and then telling all these white jokes it was unbelievable
1: oh yeah I, yeah that routine i have with my wife he loved that i told him when i told him i was dating a homeless woman and he said well how's it going i said it's great you can drop her off anywhere you know he just absolutely cracked up unbelievable
0: yeah and and you and he had a little routine when he was a coach here right before each game he kind of wanted you to tell him a joke of the day so to speak yeah, to, yeah we to did. take the he, edge he off played, right
1: if i don't know if people never noticed they probably did He'd lean down, you know, over over my area, and he'd say, what's the new one? What do you have? What do you have? And I'd have to come up with something that he'd laugh at. You know, it's, no, no matter what it was, he he would find something to laugh about. And then I, I'd always try to change it up a little bit. Change, like Red Skelton told me, he said, did you ever notice – that people die in alphabetical order. He said, J- just look at the newspaper. <laughs> you know." And I, <laughs> that's a, He liked that one. That
0: was one of Tubby's favorites. Yeah, that's a good one, no, no question about it. Um, as you recall your days both with, uh, you know, I think you're most known certainly for your days at Williams Arena, and, you know, this is Golden Gopher basketball, and obviously all those years doing Gopher baseball as well. Um, uh, I want to talk basketball first. I mean, how, how many fond memories do you have of uh, going to Williams? Williams Arena. How many years was it, Dick, that you uh, you worked the ball?
1: Altogether, altogether 19.
0: 19 years.
1: 19, 19 years, yeah.
0: And did you follow um, uh, the legendary, or were you right after Jules?
1: Right after Julie Pearl. Yeah. Right after yeah. Julie. Wait a minute, did I say 19? Yeah. No, I'm. what am I thinking of? 31.
0: Yeah, I was thinking it, was, it had to be more than 19. Yeah, that's what I was, yeah. I was thinking. It, it had to was be 31
1: more. basketball and they honored me on my 30th. And again, I on my 31st, with a beautiful microphone, a couple of things they did, and uh, you know, Lifetime Pass, things like that, that, which was great. But that was really, uh, you talk about Williams Arena, and I was a kid at New Prague High School. And the first game I ever saw, my English teacher loved the Gophers. And he said, the Gophers play tonight. Uh, I can't remember what it was. I think it was, let's see. It probably might have been a non-conference game, you know, like North Carolina State or something like that. So we get in Williams Arena and that's 1957. So their big star then was Ron Johnson. They had Ron Johnson, Paul Lehman, guys like that. And I'll never forget. I fell in love with Williams Arena. And then of course I was ushering after that. I ushered as a uh, ushered. I had a great chance to work Williams Arena and Memorial Stadium. And then eventually, because it came along, I, I made. I used to imitate Julie Pearl. Never thinking that I'd, you know, have his job. Yeah. I just used to love to do it. You know, he had that crazy nasal voice. Yeah. But yet people love the guy. They really did. And I could I can tell you that uh I did one game. First game, and a couple came over to me afterwards and they said, You are no Julie Pearl. I said, Well, I said I realize that. We all have our own our, our own style, and I said, I hope I can change your mind by the time the year is over, and ironically, that same couple came up to me after the year, and they said, you did a good job. <laughs>
0: Absolutely. that so made,
1: made me feel great. Yeah. No, the, no thing I, I, Mike, the thing I think is really great, too, is I'm only the second announcer they ever had right after Julie, so... I, to me, that's a big
0: honor. That that that's incredible, and it was always a comfort too to hear your voice. There's a you know, there's a certain level of of just hey, this is a, the right in the world when you get to Williams Arena and the charm of the building. And um, and can you give us a This is Golden Gopher basketball.
1: This is Golden Gopher basketball.
0: See that all is right with the world when you hear those words, right? Yeah, I have
1: to agree. Yeah. You know, it, I, I've always asked some of my favorites, uh, just to mention, you know my three favorite names.
0: I'm I, sure I, you do. Yeah, I, I'm going to uh, let me take a stab at it because you've told me this before. Uh, of course, our friend Jamal Abu yeah. Shamala, I believe, yeah. is amongst that trio, yeah. right? Yes. yes. Uh, Jim yeah. Shikinjansky, maybe? Yeah, that's right. And Ernest Zigamazabo. Those are my three guesses. Oh,
1: God. That's right on the line. Is that you right? You got him.
0: Yeah. Well, those right are there. wonderful names, right?
1: Oh, they are. They're the greatest names. People used to say when I'd give Sugar Jansky that extra oomph. Yeah. Why do you do that? I said, yeah, why not? He's Polish. You give him a little credit. He remembers all that stuff to this day.
0: Yeah, that's pretty amazing. I I was going to say Spencer Tollickson, but we all know he's a jerk, so we're not going to count him.
1: Spencer Tollickson, one of my favorites. One of the great Chaska stars of all time. Yeah,
0: no, no question, no doubt. So, um, as you, you know, you get, uh, you, you get some favorites over the years, including those guys. And what are some of your memories? Do you have a favorite game or two when you think back to the time that you, uh, you, were, you were working uh, Williams Arena?
1: Well, I remember the triple overtime win against Iowa when Sean Leonard scored 39 points. And uh, at the end of the game, I laid down, I put the mic down on the, on the, the bench in front of me. And I laid down and some guy the MTs the MTs came over, they thought I had a heart attack. <laughs> so I just I was just exhausted. Yeah. Just... I felt like I played it, you know, all all all, all, all over times I just felt like I was in it because each basket
0: no, you weren't there then, were you? I, I was I was actually, believe it or not, Dick, I was actually at that game. I was still either in college or just out of college, but I, I attended that game. I, I don't, you know, as you know, I grew up in Iowa, so my yeah. in-laws, um, my my mother and father-in-law have season tickets forever, and um, I won't, you know, I don't want to give away the whole secret, but I was in the building that night, and I wasn't cheering for the home team then, you know? I, and that was, <laughs> do you remember, uh, Chris, I think it was Chris Kingsbury and Vashawn Leonard, they had this, in that game, they were making unbelievable three-point shots from all over the place. It was I, I was in the building that night. It was an incredible game. So, wow. I don't blame you for being uh I don't blame you for being, uh, you know, exhausted at the end of that game, but that was that was one of the great games, there's no question about it. And luckily, you know, I've come over to the good side now, you know, and 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 we're better good.
1: Boy, to go. better boy, yeah, yeah. But you know, I also uh, I think about some uh, some events. I'll tell you one of the biggest ever and that uh, everybody was well that's after the Gophers... Won the semifinals in '97, and they had a welcome home. Right. And uh, holy cow, the arena was filled to capacity before the bus even got there. It was just unbelievable. And so I was late. You love this. I was late getting there, and the ushers wouldn't let me in. <laughs> I said, "Hey, wait a minute. I better. Win. I am the MC. How do I know that?" The kid said, "I said I'll tell you. I've got to get in there. I'm late." So it just so happened. One of the uh, top guys came by, and you know I got me in. But I thought, wow. holy cow! Wow! But people were crying. Ugh. I remember Ray Christensen did a terrific, had a terrific talk. Beautiful job, like yeah. he always did.
0: Yeah. Whole and then of course I up. just
1: introduced the ball players and so forth. But that was a wonderful thrill.
0: In '93, um, I was a senior in college, and um, and I interned at WCCO Radio and so I uh, helped at that time Ray of course was the great voice of Gopher Basketball but John Gordon who did Twins Games Forever he was uh, he would do the pregame and the halftime and the postgame shows from the CCO studio so as part of my internship I got to know John really well and you know college sports is kind of my cup of tea so we hit it off and I helped him produce those shows and so I, I started to really get into Gopher Basketball at that time uh, and, and uh, that was the fall semester I went back to college College in in Decor, Iowa at Luther College uh, for the spring semester um, but I but I was really into the the gophers at that time. it was the, you know they had a good team and yeah. I want to say the Fab five came to the barn and a, a college roommate who was from Rushford, Minnesota, um he got a couple of tickets from some people he knew and he and I got into that game with the fab five we sat in the student section I still to this day I'm not sure I've ever been in a louder uh arena at that time uh, honestly I can't remember I knew it was a, it was a game down to the wire I can't remember even who won I could look it up in the media guide. but my point is um you know it, that was so loud can you can you for those that are maybe newer gopher fans or current students now uh, can you put into words what those Clem years were like like, you know, say from 90 to, to, to 97, 98, I mean, what that home court edge was like. I, I couldn't, uh, yeah. you know, you know. I, like I said, I went to a handful of games there. I wasn't living it like I am now. But, man, that was a that was a crazy time period at Williams Arena.
1: Oh, I, I agree with you. And I remember, that, of course, that whole season, that was the year they won the NIT.
0: Right? Right, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yep,
1: yep, that so was the I, NIT you and So I'm there, and Steve Urban, who is such a great promoter, got me to appear at Toot Shores, do some comedy across the street from Madison Square Garden. I'll never forget that. Holy cow, that was fun. And the New York fans were very receptive. It was really, really yeah. kind of a neat deal. And that might have... one of for me. Go ahead. Oh, as I was going to say that
0: might have been how those you know Steve has the traveling Gophers. That might have been their first. That might have been what launched that thing. The whole thing, I think, was that NIT trip if, if memory serves me correct. And and now they you know they've traveled thousands of Gopher fans to all kinds of events since. But I believe that run might be how Steve got that started.
1: Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. I do now that I now that I uh, think back, because he was so just had me doing every, every time we go somewhere I want to. Michigan State for football game. There was a bar where at right away. John Kowski wants to talk. Steve first, right? So that happened in many many places. So I have a lot to take to Steve for also. But you're right. You know, you've known me long enough. You know that I love to entertain. And I'll get up at a kid's birthday party and talk. Yeah, just because uh, I want to do it and make
0: people make people laugh. Yeah, no, no question. You've been doing it for for uh, so many people over the years. Um, but th- but uh, let me get. I kind of got you sidetracked there. Let me get back to that. That the atmosphere of the yeah. of the barn in the '90s. Um, try to explain if you can for those that maybe didn't get a chance to experience. It. I know there's a lot of longtime Gopher fans that go to games now and they're 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 kind of still hoping to clutch that that that. Can get back to that kind of an atmosphere on a nightly basis.
1: Yeah, I always thought that it was like, and as an announcer, I always thought you know make the fans start off with good stuff, so they'll look forward to the game and, uh, and the announcements and even the starting lineups. You could have some fun with, but it's changed over there as far as that's concerned. That that part has quite a bit, but I would I would look at fans in the audience. I uh, say close games. Holy cow! It was just unbelievable. People would be biting their nails, throwing probably yeah, just. Uh, as I always said that University of Minnesota, Williams Arena was probably one of the great places to play, as far as a home field advantage. And even to this day, Mike, I don't know if you hear it, but I used to hear these players were afraid. To go after loose balls because they didn't want to go off the court.
0: Yeah, yeah, and and that building can take on a life of its own when it's full and when it's a good game, and uh, you know, hopefully, uh, we can uh, get to that point again here soon. Which brings me to my next question for you, Dick Um, Ben Johnson, the the new Gopher men's basketball coach. What do you remember about him as a player uh, when you were announcing games at Williams Arena as the public address announcer?
1: Well, I remember Garcia was from De La Salle, and as a kid. I was a big deal of cell fan. I don't know if you remember. I mentioned that uh, Paul Lehman, You wouldn't remember that name, but he was such a great star. And then he came to the university. So I followed deal of cell players as they would come and go. Ben wasn't a star, but he was. Uh, I would call him a, a gamer and a pretty, you know, a regular, a regular player. Nothing that maybe would stand out. But he was there. He was there all the time when you needed him. He was already available. And I think the thing that the Gophers looked at. When they hired him, the fact that he is a, a local kid, and he, he goes out and really every high school you see him recruiting, I just think he's on the right track.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's just nice to have a local tie, and I agree with you in terms of he was kind of a workmanlike player. He had yep. some skill, but I, I think sometimes those kind of players uh, make the best kind of coaches, right? Because they they saw the game in maybe a different lens.
1: Oh, well, that's true. That is true. You know, and so and then his assistant staff, all the new ones that he brought in, and so forth, and that changes everything. Yeah, changes the whole atmosphere as far as the gophers are concerned. One thing I was going to ask you if it bothers you—it used to bother me. Uh, there'd be a foul called, and before I could give the foul the name, the number, they'd start off with the maybe the band, then the. Uh, well then, they had the at that time. Do they still have the PA system every every game? Yeah. I mean, I should say the. Uh, you know that. Yeah. Do they, they they play like the loud music right yes. after yeah. a ball. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I always thought that was hard for me to concentrate, and I don't know if it was hard for the fans or
0: not. Sure. And then you try to get the uh, identify who was shooting and who made the foul and all of that. It you know for me it's a little different because I you know when I talk up there nobody can hear me. At the barn, everyone can hear me on the radio where it's the opposite for what you're doing, in that everyone in the building can hear you. Um, and so it, you know the, and they're waiting to get the info. So, um, you know, in a weird way, we do the same thing per se, but uh, it kind of a little different approach in terms of uh, delivering the message, right?
1: Oh yeah, exactly. I
0: agree 100%. Well, you mentioned uh, Ben's coaching staff. I was going to ask you, so Dave Thorson is a member of that staff, of course, hey, and you mentioned yeah. D. LaSalle, long time, he was a long time yeah. coach there, won nine state titles, and your connection to Williams Arena is not just with the Gophers, but I've been to many state tournament games at the Barn, where you were the PA announcer there, and and I know it's near and dear to your heart, not just doing state tournament games, but you do uh, have done games at, uh, you know, Shakopee High School forever, um, Uh, And and that the high school level um, is something that is close to your heart as well.
1: Oh, absolutely! Love to do. I still do the state high school tournament basketball, uh, girls basketball, and boys basketball, and I also do uh, softball and baseball for the state high school league. So uh, just just a thrill for me. I've been doing that so long, but nevertheless, every time I sit in front of that microphone at Williams Arena, I don't care if it's a Pee Wee game, (laughs) it still gives you a big thrill. Yeah, it really does. Yeah, it's amazing.
0: and it's pretty cool too. I think that those state tournament games um, create a nice atmosphere because you know if it's a gopher game, you've got everyone there cheering for the gophers, and that's an awesome atmosphere. But when you get the state tournament game, you've got you know maybe fifteen hundred people on one side cheering for you know uh, Zombrota. I don't know. I'm just going to throw a name out and the, and, and fifteen yeah. people on the other side cheering for Thief River Falls, and uh, it's it's loud no matter what happens. If it's a good play, one side cheers. If it's a bad play, the other side. cheers cheers and um and it 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 does create a pretty fun atmosphere i think
1: oh i agree 100 just just great so i i have been uh, i just feel i've been so fortunate to have spent 31 years as an announcer at williams arena and here's the thing that people laugh at i outlasted eight athletic directors (laughs) so i guess i guess i should be proud of that
0: well yeah and you think about the number of coaches too was was it coach (laughs) dutcher was the first coach for you
1: no, Dutch, no, it was
0: Clem. Clem was the first Clem's coach.
1: First year, 86, 87.
0: Gotcha. So, yeah, you went Clem, uh, Clem and, and, and Dan Munson and then Jim Molinari for a short time. Yeah. Um, and then Tubby and then Richard Patino. And, um, yeah. you know, man, yeah. yeah, that's a. And then they, you're right, the athletic directors over the years, too. Um, a Pretty pretty long run of uh, people you got to know and see in different styles, I suppose.
1: You know, and I can thank Paul Gill for all that it was because of Paul Gill and he liked me he liked the little laughs or whatever and gave me the chance with uh, Clem and then he gave me the chance at football uh, a year later and then of course baseball two two years after that with John Anderson so it actually's been it's been uh 31 years of basketball 30 years of baseball and 10 years of football
0: wow wow that's a, that's amazing that's an amazing And moment. I did
1: I, I'm sorry, I did football good when Lou Holtz was coach. Yeah, right. What, what do you think of that? That was beautiful.
0: Yeah, Daryl Thompson, our guy, was probably the running back, right?
1: Yes, yeah, he was. In fact, the first game I ever did, because Julie Pearl had to retire. He, what did he have? A lung problem, and he couldn't drive. Dell Thompson went ninety-eight yards for a touchdown.
0: Yeah, Michigan, right?
1: Yeah, I'll never forget it. Still, I'll never uh, forget
0: it. I believe that's still tied for the longest run in uh, the history of the Big Ten. So, uh, our guy, oh, okay. yeah, our guy DT. That had to be. I'm trying to think what year that was. Uh, Eighty. 88 88 probably yeah 80 87
1: 88 80,
0: yeah. uh, 86 87 88 somewhere in there anyway it was um it was it was quite a run and and um you know you think about how big he was and strong and yet how fast and that run really showcased that for sure and um it it uh, yeah, a lot of great memories no, no doubt about that um, yeah I'll tell you. yeah
1: think of two that uh, absolutely just uh, football football and I didn't get to do it long enough but I enjoyed it you know the 10 years I was there and then they kind of they kind of changed things up a little bit and uh, so they didn't need me really the, my style yeah so that's the reason I probably uh was, was let go actually that by by well I'm not even sure <laughs> who it was I've heard it's four or five different people that yeah. decided They'd make a change.
0: Well, and now you think about baseball. You mentioned 30 years doing baseball, and it's the winningest program in the history of the Big Ten. Think of some of the really good players you were able to uh, watch and, and, and call their name when they got in the batter's box. Uh, are there some guys that stand out to you as your favorites in, in, in terms of the baseball field?
1: Oh, yeah, Rob Coilett would be right up there. Uh, really, uh, one of my favorite players. And, of course, he had. I didn't have Molitor, but or the Steinbachs. But I had other other guys at uh, Mark Mark Marilla. Do you remember that name?
0: Yeah, the name sounds familiar. Yes,
1: I think he still has the battery the largest or the longest or highest batting average in the history of the Big Ten. I'm almost sure. Wow, yeah. he was a great player. You know, Dan Dan Wilson, who had a great career in the major leagues. There were so many different guys uh, that would come up and just. Well, they catch your eye. You know how, yeah. I guess as an announcer, you and I are the same. You have your favorite players. Uh, and when they come up, you kind of cheer for them. <laughs> In your heart, you cheer for them to do, to do well. And it was just, I'd say, John Anderson, I don't even have to tell you, he's one of the nicest and the greatest guys I've ever met. Yeah, he's... He classified You know what he did for me? I'll never forget this. While I was there, they won nine championships. And he awarded me a ring for each championship that the players got.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, he yeah. Is a, he's, a, he's a sweetheart of a guy, there's no doubt, and it's not, you know, it, one, he's a good dude, but two, you know, he obviously knows baseball, and he's had all this success, and I think, too, this spring, um, you know, they're going to get things back in order. I know last year bugged him because they didn't win as much as they're used to, and um, I think they've got, you know, some pitching uh, things back where they want it, and they've gotten a few uh, recruits and some transfers, and I think they feel good about that. But, um, you know, I was thinking in recent years, too, you think about some of those guys, Guys and some of the, um, you know, they they made that trip to the uh, super regional uh, out to Oregon State. But even before that, oh, yes, i th- yes, yeah, I, th- yeah, I, I remember, like Eric Decker, right? Well, it was a great receiver, played in the uh, NFL. How good of a baseball player was he to watch every day when he was out
1: there? A great outfielder. he'd he go and get it, and he hit, he hit fairly well. Yeah. In fact, I thought he might have a chance, but but actually, he was smart to take football. But uh, he. He had enough ability where he could have probably signed the
0: contract. Yeah, well, he was drafted, I think, by both the Twins and the Brewers no, I, at different times. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, You're right. and um, and then you know it was uh, was kind of later. He was in that that uh, Super Regional team, the shortstop, the son of uh, Taryn Vavra, the son of uh, the Twins at that time, the Twins coach. Right. And um, man, was he good and helped that team uh, go through. I suppose you remember Glenn Perkins is one of the you know a Twins Absolutely. player who was one of the great uh, pitchers, On the great uh,
1: leftenders. Yeah, yeah, he yeah, had. To, well, yeah, there was always there were guys all the time that would sneak in there that people were surprised to see who's this or who's that I'd never heard of them and yeah you know, but that happens in college baseball all the time.
0: A couple of other things I want to ask you about you uh, mentioned earlier that you uh, had ushered at Williams Arena before you were announcing and uh, you had ushered at at uh, Metropolitan Stadium. I know you also were part of uh, the security detail at uh, at the old Met. And um, you've told me this story, and I'm, I'm sure many have heard it, but I want you to tell it again. Um, you got on the bad list of Mrs. Tom Landry in the famous uh, game uh, at Met Stadium when the Cowboys uh, got the Hail Mary against uh, against the Vikings. Tell us that story again, Dick.
1: Unbelievable! That was the Hail, that was the Hail Mary play, Hail Mary day. I'll never forget it. December twenty eighth, nineteen seventy five. And of course, everybody knows now that we lost the game. But up, until, you know, even the years before that, Drew Pearson and I got in a fight on the side, a yelling match because he was so cocky. And I said, "You couldn't carry Charlie to supporter," <laughs> and he just went after me. And oh man, I thought he was going to kill me.
0: And your job you had to break that up. Yeah, you were. What 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 were you? What was your job at uh, at that time at the stadium?
1: I was a head field usher. In other words, I, I had, my job was to stop anybody that didn't have the proper pass to be on the
0: field. Gotcha. Okay.
1: And they had guys that would sneak on. Oh, you wouldn't believe it. We, I had a guy, I love this, drunk. they had a drunk guy, a guy from Green Bay. They bet him, one guy bet him $200 that he couldn't run 100 yards without being tackled. So the guy, I see the guy out of the corner of my eye, jump out of the stands, starts running across the field, I tackled. I tackled him at the thirty-five yard line of the Vikings, and the fans stood up and cheered like it was a real game. It was. It was really something.
0: In Crazy. Those days. Crazy. So, so you you had already had a little history with Pearson, and then the Hail Mary yeah. happened. So then, take us through how Mrs. Yeah. Uh, Tom Landry didn't like that.
1: No, you know, it, the, the the play was uh, the play before. Of course, this is what had happened. It was fourth and seventeen, and. Uh, he, they threw the ball down the right side. Nate Wright was there, Kraus, and Jeff Wright, but none of them got there in time. And the ball was caught and dropped. It. And I they still say that it, that it went off the, uh, or he pushed off, actually, on, on Jeff Wright. And then nobody got to the play in time and he scored. And the fans were just, like well, you, you could have heard a pin drop. And that's where the Air Terzian thing came in, the back judge who made the call. Right. Uh, what happened is they're standing there, and I'm about two yards away from Terzian, and out comes a half pint of booze, empty bottle, hits Terzian in the head, see blood like a stuck pig, Ambuli, the, every, they came out, all the security, the empties, whatever you need, and I thought, oh, man, I don't dare laugh at this because the camera's right on me. Yeah. So I was as concerned as anybody else. But boy, I'll tell you, the fans were cheered I beat heck. They never do that, but they cheered when they took him off the field. So then the play, you know, they won the game. Bud Grant said it's the best team he ever had. And after that game, I saw Roger Staubach, and he said, "What's your problem with Drew Pearson?" And I said, "We we both fought, we both yell, just to bad comments." He said, "I'll tell you what, do me a favor. He's going to retire soon. Will you make up a, when you play here again?" Well, you make up to him, and you guys, you know, get along. So they came back two years later. Pearson came in, you know, about five, five about five years ago, in a limo, and his, his, he brought his old camera, his camera company, and I uh, put on my usher uniform, which still fit, and put on my usher's coat, and walked out and opened the door. I said, "Mr. Pearson, I'm your security." Oh, crap! You should have heard him. You son of a all. Oh, he just went nuts. And then after a while, he settled down, came in, and he was signing autographs. And when he got through, he said, hey, Dick, tell me something. Could we reenact that kicking scene for my uh, TV show? I said, sure. <laughs> so it was great. He, he lays down, he, like, like uh, the play where he came out of bounds, holds that foot up, and all I ever did was kick the bottom of his shoe. And so that's you know he loved it. He he I guess he reused it several times. I was in his book, and uh, the story on the 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 Tom Landry thing after where I kicked him. This is Landry saw it.
0: Yeah. So what happened? Real quick. Let me. So what happened when he caught the play before the winning touchdown? He landed, and you just kind of tapped him on the on the cleat, a little frustration kick, and then and 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 then uh, and then I'll let you proceed with the story.
1: Well, he actually came down out of bounds, and that was the controversy thing on that one, and they ruled in bounds, and that's why, out of frustration, I kicked him. But Mrs. Landry saw it. She called Pete Rosell, the commissioner. She said, Pete, you better check your film or your videotape. One of their guards kicked Drew Pearson on the play before. So he checked it out, called the head of the ushers. It was Bob Sims. He said, you have to... Uh, reprimand with John Kowski we know he's been there a long time but you can't we can't have that so you figure out what you have to do so what he did he actually banned me from the field for two years I could be in the dugout or whatever but I couldn't go on the field and catch the field goals and that's another thing I'm proud of in 17 years I caught 112 field goals Which I nobody'll ever break that record. You can me sure.
0: (laughs) Now, how did you go about that? So that you catch it off the net and then it comes down. Did I what? Uh, When when you caught the field goals, was it it would hit the net and then and then roll down and you'd catch them off the net?
1: No, no. I in those days we didn't have a net. The early days we didn't have a net. You know, sixties and so that's why I caught a lot of them. I catch them off the net, but I made some crazy catches and and, uh, I think the fans remember. Against the Chicago Bears on a kickoff from Percival, I backed up to catch the ball, <laughs> fell over the tarp, and landed head over heels. And uh, the people just just laughed to be laugh heck. In fact, there's a picture of it in one of the Viking uh, books that's out right now. Wow! I'd have to fight it for you. I don't yeah. think they will. Uh, yeah, get a chance
0: for sure. Uh, speaking of books, uh, I know you uh, recently had come out with a book. How how did that book sell go? And can people still get copies of that?
1: Do you believe it? It's sold out.
0: Sold out. So they're going to have to find a second hand, huh?
1: Yeah, we might do another one. We're getting a lot of calls that people missed it. And uh, so, you know, Mike, you probably... I think I might try to uh, do another five hundred or something. Yeah, along those lines.
0: Well, I'm proud on my uh, collection. I've got a nice autographed copy of the book, uh, and uh, that's thanks to you. I appreciate that, and it's it's a wonderful book with all kinds of great stories. And part of some of the questions, of course, I asked today was was based on some stuff I learned from that book. So, yeah, if yeah. Um, if people, you know, maybe maybe they can find it at uh, you know at a, at a bookstore or um, or you know maybe eBay or if, yeah, I'll keep you yeah. I'll
1: keep you updated. Yeah, please right, well, do. I'm going to do on in that situation? Please. You do. know, the people I of my favorite players of all time at the university. Yeah. I'd say in basketball probably Lou Hudson, uh, and also like Dick Carremer, even though I didn't see him play in person. Yep. But I loved watching him on TV. And football, I you won't, you won't believe this, but do you remember Tommy Hall from the Roseville Rose Bowl teams?
0: I don't know.
1: Played in. He was just at the end, but a defense and offense, and a great player. And he's all he's for some reason. He's still my favorite go forever, yeah, and of course, in basketball baseball, I've got so many uh that it's it's hard to pick, but I mentioned before that some of the guys that are are my favorite players along the way, and just great guys all the way around. Hey Jack Hanahan, I used to have so much fun with his name. I'd say Jack, hey, yeah. and cry <laughs> people would would laugh, and he'd look up at me and say, "You know, give me a few shots." But that's another thing, John Anderson lets you do. You can have fun, yeah. It was names, and there was a center fielder for Ohio State named Mike Check. So I'd say center fielder Mike Check, and you know, just fun with that. <laughs> I, oh, I tell you, just anytime I can see an opening in basketball too, and on uh, when reserves would come in, you know. Right. I remember Quincy Lewis and and Clark, and I said Lewis and Clark kid from Minnesota. Just a lot of that stuff that I would look for. They don't do that anymore. Yeah,
0: boy, that that's uh, that's great. As you uh, would go on the banquet uh, circuit, uh, and like I said, a lot of it was baseball related, but there were all kinds of different banquets you did. Uh, did you have some favorite stops over the years that uh, you know different uh, banquets or conventions or cities that you would visit?
1: Well, there's yeah, there's certain ones that I did for. Let's see, in Montrose, I did a. Uh, Athlete of the Year banquet for 26 years. and Gee, they were just these people, same people who'd come back yeah. year after year, and I'd tell a lot of the same stories, but it didn't matter to them. <laughs> you know, they just they laughed. They just liked it the way it was. And that was a great one, and I, I'm still doing the Hall of Fame banquet for amateur baseball. I've done that for 40 years, believe it or not. Yeah. It's just I can't believe it either. So I've had a lot of, uh, you know, the, I'd, I'd have to say that many banquets, that have me back year after year, like the high school Hall of Fame, for instance. The basketball coaches' meeting that they have before the season starts. I did a lot of football stuff for Don Swanson. You know, it just seemed like I'd get a well, I get an opportunity. Why? Just my best. The best thing I have going is that the word of mouth. You know, people say, "Have you heard John Kowski?" Yep. That kind of thing, and I think that really helps.
0: Well, no question about it. And we'll look forward to you uh, getting uh, back to full health and out on the banquet circuit. Uh, We can't wait to see you. And if you can uh, get out to, if you get a chance to get out to a a gopher game here before this season wraps up, uh, be sure to uh, come say hi, all right?
1: Well, you'd all do that. Mike, you know, darn well.
0: All right. Well, hey, Dick, it's what? been so fun. You got anything else? Uh, what, what, you got a good uh, You got a good couple of jokes to close us out here that uh, that you'll be using when you get back out on the circuit? Yeah,
1: well, yeah one of the guys sitting in a barbershop, and a beautiful gal walks in, and he looks at her he says, Man, I'll lie. you're a knockout. Would you consider going out with me? Well, she said, I might, but you'd have to ask my husband. He said, Well, where is he? She said, He's shaving you. You know, so... <laughs> Stuff like that that people love. And the bank robber joke goes over so well. Where the guy goes into the bank to rob the bank, 30 people in the lobby of the bank. So he herds them into the vault and he said, Remember, none of you saw me rob the bank. So he walks up to the first guy and he said, Did you see me rob the bank? He said, I sure did. He shot him. Goes up to the second guy. He said, Did you see me rob the bank? He said, I saw you. Baggy shoots him. So he goes up to the third guy He said, did you see me rob the bank? He said, no, but my wife did. (laughs)
0: <laughs> oh, oh, man, that's a beauty. That's a beauty. Well, yeah,
1: those, are, those are keepers.
0: Those are keepers. And on that note, we will uh, wrap up the podcast. Uh, Dick, uh, we're going to have you back uh, on the podcast. It's so much fun. Uh, we got so much uh, stuff to talk about yet that we haven't, and I'm looking forward oh, to yeah. it. And uh, continued good health. Um, get better. We're glad that you're you're progressing through this. I know it's been a fight, but hang in there, and we will see you uh, on campus at some point here soon.
1: Well, I'll give you a call. We'll get together again sometime. Hey, what a deal, Mike. Thank you.
0: My thanks to Dick Johnkowski for joining me on the Go Gopher podcast. He's an absolute Minnesota gem. And again, our thanks to our presenting sponsors, Sunbelt Business Advisors and True North Mergers and Acquisitions. If you're buying or selling a business, visit SunbeltMinnesota.com or TNMA.com. The Go Gopher podcast is also brought to you by State Farm agent Tony Hoagland. Again, I'd invite you to listen to past podcast, and please be sure to subscribe to the Go Gopher podcast right now. It's absolutely free to listen. We'll talk again next week.